Hello and welcome in to another edition of the Fantasy Football Pod with Cody and Nick. Cody, coming at you right after the Week 14 Thursday Night Football game between the Raiders and the Rams. Raiders going to Raider, Cody. That was uh, just about as classic of a Raiders performance as you can get right there. <laughs> I can't believe the way that game ended. Yeah, that's I can't believe I still can't believe how it ended. I mean, Baker Mayfield's been in that you know Rams organization for two days and throws a game-winning touchdown <laughs> in prime time on the Raiders. It's just it, you can't write these scripts any better. So I guess that's what makes football so good. But really, Thursday night football, I don't think really too much change. I mean, Baker looked you know solid, but the I feel like the passing options are still iffy. The running back options are really bad even you know even with Cam Akers getting in the end zone I don't think he got over 10 fantasy points in full PPR and then the you know the Raiders are what they are it's it's Adams and Jacobs so luckily not too much has changed just you know overall a pretty boring game for about an hour and a half in the middle there but you know had some touchdowns in the beginning and then had the two at the end so not too bad for a Thursday night football this year. Yeah, Derek Carr put on a vintage Derek Carr performance here. Uh, what did he end with? 11 for 20, 137 and two picks. Uh, yeah, I feel like he is kind of the reason the Raiders have these inconsistencies, especially against some weaker teams. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Thursday night reaction real quick uh, before we get to the news and notes for the rest of the week. You kind of just laid out your thoughts on the game as far as fantasy goes, um, and we kind of talked about how we feel about these teams from an NFL standpoint coming in. So I would just uh, tend to agree with Cody basically on the fantasy stuff. It doesn't change much. Jacobs and Adams are good. Adams had the down game because Carr had a complete stinker. Usually he's not you know, that bad. So uh, those two will be just fine. And then for the Rams, yeah, if you want to chase Ben Skoranek, go ahead. I will uh, allow you to play him in your first week of your playoffs against me. But I uh, – I'm not going to chase him. And then Cam Akers, you need maybe even two touchdowns for a good day. Like Cody said, I think he ended up with, what, 41 yards, a touchdown, and then he had a lost fumble, so he was below 10 points in all formats. Not great, but uh, it was enough to beat the Rams, or excuse me, enough to beat the Raiders on this night, I guess. That's, that says all you need to know about this one. Yeah, I think also if you're a uh, playoff team, uh, Kyron Williams, if you were hoping he could turn into some kind of flex option, you can go ahead Hunt and drop him. Hunt bridge, yep. Yeah, pick it, go pick up someone who uh, you know could be an injury injury asset for you or something like that because I don't even know if Cam Akers got hurt if Kyron Williams would even be worth a, a roster spot. So, um, yeah, I'd go ahead and get him out of there. Yeah, I barely even want to roster Cam Akers, and he's the starter right now. So uh, Kyron Williams can certainly be dropped. He will not be useful the rest of this fantasy season. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the rest of the news and notes for uh, what we have so far. Again, Friday practices usually tell us a lot more about players' availability, so we're just going to go off of what we have now on a Thursday night here. Uh, first news item of the day, Desmond Ritter. He will start for the Falcons in Week 15. We've been calling for this, honestly, for a couple weeks now. Surprised they haven't made this change sooner, but it makes a ton of sense for the Falcons. You just kind of got to see what you have. Does this really change your opinion on any of the pass catchers moving forward, or... Uh, are we just not trusting Ritter to come in and make much of a difference? I even if he does make you know a little bit of a if he's a little bit better in the passing game, I don't think that it's worth the risk that he could completely dodge you as well. So um, I think Nick was pretty clear he does not like Drake London, and anybody outside of Drake London is extremely risky. So 
if you've been rostering him and you want to just hold on and see what happens this week, that's fine. But I think you're good to move on still, even with the change of quarterback. Yeah, I guess it gives rostering Drake London, uh, you know, one more added variable of hope there with that Desmond Ritter comes in and maybe just throws on the ball 15 times a game. But we kind of laid it out. They have sort of a tough schedule for the playoffs anyway. He's going to need to establish trust with you. I doubt he's going to be a lineup fixture in the playoffs to any degree. So roster him if you want, but not much changes in Atlanta. Hopefully Ritter can show them something. Uh, Amari Cooper popped up on the injury report with a hip injury. He was limited in practice, so I expect he'll play. But uh, the mid in the midweek injury designation is never something good to see. You got to keep an eye on him. His teammate David Njoku limited on Thursday with that knee injury, so trying to work his way back. Keep an eye on it. Trevor Lawrence he was limited on Thursday too. I got some positive news on him. Uh, looks like he will play this weekend, but again, I uh, got to keep an eye on it, especially if you're a Christian Kirk manager. Probably want to make a pivot if it's C.J. Beathard. Saquon Barkley another uh, midweek appearance on the injury report here with a neck injury. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that one. You don't like it. running backs with injuries in that area of the body. That is just a tough one to deal with, but. Haven't heard too much in, uh, you know, too many alarm bells coming out of Giants camp, which I think there would be if it was serious. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's not practicing Thursday with an illness. You'll notice that trend as we go on here. Rondell Moore, his teammate, also not practicing with a groin injury. That's honestly, that's pretty bad news. They were just on a bye week. Two straight DNPs for Rondale with that groin. I would expect him to definitely miss this week or at least be fairly limited. So I would make other plans with Rondale Moore, especially because it's a Monday night game. Uh, Kenneth Walker, not practicing Thursday. I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, the rest of the options, uh, I think DJ Dallas did not practice as well, and then Travis Homer was limited once again. So looks like it's going to be him. Combination of Homer, Tony Jones Jr., and Wayne Gallman. So not a lot of expiring uh, stuff coming out of the Seattle backfield. Geno Smith and DK Metcalf also limited on Thursday. I think those were just maintenance days. They should be fine. Uh, T. Higgins, same thing. He was limited Thursday. He should be okay. Jacoby Myers, he's in concussion protocol. I would expect him to miss this week. Usually that's the standard for these things these days, so I'd expect him to at least miss this one. Leonard Fournette, this one I saw roll through pretty late. Interesting here. He was added to the injury report with a foot problem, so that's in addition to the hip that he missed uh, the week before with. Keep an eye on that. He's older, uh, and he is pretty beat up right now dealing with two separate injuries, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they sit him on the road against San Francisco. Tyree Kill also missed Thursday's practice with an illness. So we've seen a few guys this week kind of pop up midweek with those illnesses and then not play very well. Not like you're going to make a lineup decision there with Tyree Kill, but uh, I guess just something to, to maybe consider for DFS lineups. Any reaction to those injury updates codes, or do we want to roll into the matchups? Man, it is going to be a rough week, I think, across the board for fantasy scoring. Oh, uh, not yeah, only do you have is. a lot of these big names, you know, popping up on injury reports on a Thursday, which is never good, but six teams on by, a lot of tough matchups this week as well. So, um, whenever I was going through, you know, the games that I was previewing, I was like, I don't like these options, but you're probably going to have to play them anyways because <laughs> there's not too many extra options out there this week. So. Um, hopefully, you know, these guys that pop up end up all playing, but you know, we'll go through, we'll hopefully get some, uh, get some other flexible options out there. You could always throw in if you need to. Yeah. I felt like my injury report was one of the longer ones I've had this year and that's missing six teams. So that should tell you about, uh, the, you know, the status of the options that are left. Uh, not an inspiring week. There are a few games that we really want to target and then a lot of 
potential duds out there beyond that. So it's not just you guys. Everyone's dealing with uh, kind of a crappy slate uh, at this week. At least it looks like it. But let's go ahead and jump into the matchups that we got here. Uh, Jets-Bills is going to be our first one. Buffalo favored by 10 points at home. Over-under is 43 I was a little surprised to see the Bills as double-digit favorites here. The Jets did obviously win their last matchup. Uh, it is in Buffalo, but Cody, quick reaction to that. I, I don't know what you thought this line was going to be. I thought it was going to be closer to 7 or so. Uh, surprised to see it all the way up at 10, though. What did you think about it? Yeah, I am very surprised by that. Um, Josh Allen really has not had a great performance since really early in the season, and he's you know been dealing with a little bit of a – elbow issue and kind of you know been banged up a little bit from running around a lot so I am surprised that Vegas is willing to you know swallow 10 points with Buffalo I think the Jets side is that I mean if you're going to bet this game you got to take the Jets plus 10 their defense is insane yeah if I didn't have my cardinal rule about not betting divisional uh lines then I might consider that but uh just that scares me off off of that at home against Buffalo, but I agree. I was surprised it was all the way up at 10. Uh, but as for the Jets' fantasy options this week, I don't think I'm chasing Mike White in any sort of one-quarterback league. He's a two-QB option, though. Should have to throw quite a bit. Hopefully he gets that second touchdown for you, but uh, I'm trying to avoid him even as uh, barren as this slate is in one-quarterback leagues. Garrett Wilson's locked in, though. Uh, Buffalo's actually been pretty bad against uh, wide opposing wide receivers the past month and uh, even a little bit beyond that. So he should be just fine as long as weather doesn't completely ruin this game. The one, uh, the one place I do want to talk about here is the running back room for the Jets. Michael Carter put in a full practice on Thursday. He did not appear on my injury report, so he is probably going to be good to go. Would you be willing to risk it with Zonovan Knight? There's been a lot of positive buzz from the coaching staff saying that he's going to still have a role, or would you want to uh, just see how this goes before you make any, you know, you put him back in your lineup? I know this is this is kind of make or break week, though, so decisions kind of have to be made. Yeah, if I had to play one or the other, I would have to go with Michael Carter. I just think that oh, he's really? going to probably get that passing down role back, and uh, if they split the carries outside of that, I just feel like he's going to have more value, but... Um, just a gut call there. I mean, Zonovan Knights looked pretty solid, but this has been, you know, when Michael Carter's been healthy, it's been his backfield shared with uh, just about everybody. Even Brees Hall, whenever he was dominating, Michael Carter was still getting a good share. So I just don't don't believe Zonovan Knight's going to come in here and uh, be the guy that takes it completely away from him. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would actually be willing to go Zonovan here. I know it's maybe a little bit risky because he doesn't have quite the track record that Michael Carter does, but uh, what we've seen with the Jets is them just constantly trying to replace Carter. Uh, honestly, it just seems like they really want anybody else to take the lead role here. Uh, in my perspective, they've really just tried to pivot away from him when they can. Like I said, drafting Brees Hall in the second round this year, uh, signing or trading for James Robinson after the injury, and then uh, you know just the, all the positive buzz that we've seen at a night uh, coming out of this this week, even with the full practice from Carter. So I think I would go Zonovan Knight, but it's not the best matchup at Buffalo. Hopefully uh, the, the Jets often can find some traction, but it could be a dud game out of these guys, especially because that over-under being at 43 does not give them a lot of implied points, at least from Vegas's perspective. Uh, but moving on to the Buffalo side, we have kind of a similar situation in their backfield. That's where I want to start here uh, between James Cook and Devin Singletary. Uh, oddly similar here, honestly. Uh, which one of these two guys would we would you take, Cody, off the start? Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and roll with James Cook just because of the uh, passing down Interesting. work. Um, yeah, I just I feel like if you are – 
I think that he has the higher ceiling, so I guess it just depends on if you it depends on what your matchup is. I mean, if you just if you ha- if you're making the decision between these two guys, I think Singletary is probably slightly safer because I think he'll get you know his work, and if they go if they get the ball in the five, he's probably going to get a goal line carry or two. Whereas James Cook, I think, is going to get a lot of the you know passing work, which is where I think there's more value in this Buffalo offense. Um, so I'd go James Cook. I think he's just the more you know, or maybe slightly riskier, but just has a much higher ceiling in my opinion. Yeah, I think I would actually cop out there and kind of uh, echo your earlier point that you made there. Uh, I would say if you are you know, favored in your matchup, you go Singletary, you know you're going to get some production out of him. Uh, James Cook obviously has the potential to just go out there and get three or four carries, but uh, I think Cook is the much you know better chance to have a boom game. Like you said, he catches more passes and just looks more explosive as a player at this point uh, than Devin Singletary. So I think it just depends on what you need. If you need you need to chase points, throw Cook in there. But if you uh, if you think you are you know better than your opponent, just need ten points out of your flex, go with Singletary. Uh, anything else you want to you know touch on on this game? I guess the tight ends are basically both tight end or bust, as my friend Cody would say. Yeah, uh, I see that littered through the show, Doc. That's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think well, we're really trying to make that a thing at this point. So, uh, uh, yeah, both these guys really, they need to score a touchdown or you're not going to be too happy with them. I guess I would probably lean Conklin just because I think White will probably have to throw more passes, but it's yeah, that's not fair. a strong lean. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think uh, Gabe Davis is probably a pretty good play this week. Stefan Diggs will most likely have uh, a good – dose of uh, sauce gardener on him so gabe davis may get some uh may get some better looks this week so i know he's had a couple of down weeks recently but i i would be okay playing gabe davis this week yeah it's been a while since he's had a long touchdown seems like he's a little due for one of those i could see that happening in this divisional matchup like you said Diggs probably locked up on excuse me sauce gardener for much of the day um moving on to another divisional battle here that's browns at Bengals. Bengals favored by only five and a half at home. Uh, that's a little surprising to me as well. Over under is forty six and a half. That is also surprising to me. That might make a make its way onto the best bets column. I'm I'm just I'm a little surprised it's that high to be honest with you. But um, do you think this is just kind of the Bengals' recent bad history against the Browns? Only five and a half after Deshaun Watson looked so bad the other night, or do you think this is just more of Vegas's? you know, maybe faith in what Watson has been rather than what he showed against Houston uh, last Sunday. I think it says more about the Cleveland defense than anything. I know they played Houston, so like last week's game is most likely going to end up being an outlier, of course. But the last time they played Cincinnati, they were all over Joe Burrow. um, And Cincinnati does have, when they struggle, it is due to an elite pass rush, which Cleveland can create. So, I think it's just some respect there. Um, obviously, I mean, if Joe Burrow comes out here and torches Cleveland, I think this is going to be the last, you know, Cincinnati minus five and a half you'll get in one of these easier matchups. But it's divisional. Cleveland seems to play Cincinnati tough. I think they probably are expecting it to just be lower scoring anyway to where you're not going to rely on Deshaun Watson to score a bunch of points. Um, and, you know, maybe you get a defensive touchdown or something. So, I actually don't mind the Cleveland side of this just because just because divisional games really? are weird. And the last time we saw their defense play against Cincinnati, they did tear up Joe Burrow quite a bit. Yeah, uh, that was that's true. They did uh, they did do a good job against Joe Burrow last time they played. But uh, I will yeah, not I, bet I this be... though. I'm not betting on Deshaun Watson, but I don't. Right, I, I understand why it's at five and a half. 
I think I'm going to be betting the under on this game myself. For sure. uh, 46 and a half looks like a tough task with uh, with the way Watson looked. On the Cleveland side, though, for fantasy purposes, I'm uh, not looking at Deshaun Watson even in this uh, barren week with only you know 26 teams active. I think you we have enough other streamable options we like much more. Not trusting him after what we saw. Cincinnati's defense pretty solid against QBs, so I think we are only two quarterback leagues looking Deshaun Watson's way. Nick yeah. Chubb is in. Despite Kareem Hunt's positive uh, play last week, got a little bit more involvement. I'm not ready to trust him in you know what is a pseudo playoff week for a lot of people. I think uh, Amari Cooper, maybe you have a discussion about him, but I think you got to lock him in. He's looked too good. He got the targets last week. Even though Deshaun Watson looked as bad as he did, if he's getting nine or ten looks, uh, it's going to be hard to, to sit Cooper. He's been so good this year. Uh, do you have any interest in Donovan Peoples-Jones, or are we just kind of avoiding any auxiliary pass catchers on the Browns? Yeah, any um, yeah, any of the extra pass catchers go ahead and completely avoid. I think Amari Cooper, you do have to lock into your lineup. He's looked he's looked too good uh, throughout the season. Even you know the low floor for Watson scares you, but I still think Amari Cooper has a certain you know safe floor. Um, you know, I I think you still got to lock him in. You can't talk yourself out of a good player like Amari Cooper. And then David Njoku, I think I'm actually going to be trying to avoid him as well. Uh, I know it's a tight end position. There's not a ton to look at, but he's coming off that knee injury. You do you have no sample size with him and Deshaun Watson uh, together, so this could be a complete dud game from Njoku. Uh, I would probably try to pivot to even more of a uh, you know a touchdown or bust option like Hunter Henry or even like a Dawson Knox, Tyler Conklin in the game before. I think I would play both those guys over him. Yeah, I think you have to give Njoku a week, even if he comes back and plays. Luckily, the tight end position's you know terrible, and if you're in a situation where there's just nothing on your waiver wire, it is what it is. But um, most of those touchdown or bust guys, I think, are going to probably end up a little bit better than Njoku this week because coming off the injury, you never know about reaggravation, which always can scare you off of a player. And then we saw what Deshaun Watson looked like when we haven't even seen him with Njoku on the field, so. That is just an extremely risky business. Cincinnati side's pretty easy. Uh, Burrow, we start. Chase, we start. Higgins, we start. Uh, Joe Mixon, obviously, is in there as long as he ends up uh, getting cleared from the protocol. He was a full participant Wednesday and Thursday, so it looks good for him. Would you have any interest in P. Ryan if Mixon comes back? you think the ladies earned a role, or do you think they're just going to go back to Mixon as the, the bell cow? Um, I saw multiple, uh, I got multiple notifications from Cincinnati reporters or beat writers that said that once Mixon is back, he will get his number one rollback. So um, if you want to trust P. Ryan, I'd say he's a low-end flex option, primarily in full PPR leagues. Even in half PPR, I'd be a little bit scared to play him. So um, if you are going to bet on P. Ryan and Mixon's playing, you're just hoping he catches three, four, five catches out of the backfield and makes something happen, maybe gets in the end zone. Yeah, I think I'd lean that way too. Uh, he's just played really well. He, he's impressed he has. me from an eye talent yeah. or from an excuse me, an, uh, an eye test standpoint. Looks like P Ryan uh, should have a little bit more of a role there. But yeah, that's kind of the way they've rolled under Zach Taylor. Any interest in Tyler Boyd uh, with no Hayden Hurst, or uh, you're not willing to pivot that low? You know, I I wasn't initially whenever I was thinking about the Cincinnati offense this weekend, but you know, I did. 
listen to another fantasy football podcast where they mentioned if Tyler Boyd just happens to hold on to a certain football in the end zone, you know, oh, he gets yeah. <laughs> five catches, 75 yards and a touchdown, you know, you're going to be pretty happy with that as a flex option or a wide receiver three. So I think without Hurst, Tyler Boyd is a boom bust flex option. I would say a can much more riskier option than even like a Gabe Davis. So it's definitely a risky business, but as long as Hurst isn't out there, he's going to be that third pass catching option. And I, I don't hate it. Gallup versus Houston or Tyler Boyd? I'm probably going to go Michael Gallup there. I just feel like they're going to have a, they're going to have a few passing touchdowns, and I, I feel like there's a better chance of Gallup ending up with one than Tyler Boyd. Peoples Jones or Boyd? Oh, definitely Boyd. And let's see one more here. Uh, any of the Pittsburgh guys, Deontay? No, or, they're going to uh, throw George DJ Dickens. Moore out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I would have. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you think, DJ Moore? I would I would assume you're playing him over Tyler Boyd, but yeah, of, wrong. of course, okay. yeah. No, I'd play okay. DJ Moore over Tyler Boyd, and then on the <laughs> okay. Pittsburgh guys, I think I would maybe actually go Tyler Boyd over those two guys and just bet on the Cincinnati okay. offense in general. That's that's just more saying how I feel about Pittsburgh, not necessarily an endorsement on Tyler Boyd. Sure. I think he's a legitimate option, though, this week, especially with all these buys. Uh, probably yeah. as wide receiver three. You can throw him in your flex if you're desperate. Uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee, another divisional matchup here. Tennessee only favored by four points at home in this one. Vegas not very confident in the Titans. Uh, Over-under is 41, so not a ton to go around here. Uh, on the Jacksonville side of things, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think he's fine if he ends up playing. Again, you got to keep an eye on him. We don't really know what his status is as of now, expecting to play. This does profile as a, you know, this Tennessee defense, we've talked about it. They are a pass funnel. Trevor Lawrence should be pretty busy in this one, but it's a divisional game with a really low over-under. So uh, that does kind of scare me off him a little bit. Uh, would you rather start Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones versus the Eagles? Oh, I have to go Trevor Lawrence there. We seen what, or we saw what uh, Jalen Hurts did to this Tennessee pass defense last week. And uh, they don't have an A.J. Brown in Jacksonville, but Trevor Lawrence has made it work with Christian Kirk all season when they have good matchups. So Tyler I would trust Huntley Trevor Lawrence. Or Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think Huntley that's a, a Yeah, I think this just depends on kind of what you need. I'd say Trevor Lawrence is probably a little safer in this matchup, but Tyler Huntley does have the chance to run around and you know put up one of those 30-point 35 point quarterback performances so if i if i'm maybe not favored with trevor lawrence i might switch it out to uh huntley yeah i think i would go huntley uh lawrence yeah, just scares me this week at tennessee this over under is super low right now 41 i expected it to be a little higher than that so i think vegas might know something i don't about this game they're expecting tennessee to win this one like you know 20 to 13 it looks like so yep. uh with that foot injury i might try to avoid lawrence uh travis Etienne. This is a tough one. The Titans have been fantastic against the run. I think they're down to number two in the NFL against running backs, but, uh, you know, that's still not a great option here. For ETN, I think you got to play him, but you just really hope the uh, the, the Jags throw him the ball a little bit. Uh, the Titans have actually been a little susceptible to pass-catching backs. ETN just hasn't quite been getting those targets, though, so... Hopefully they finally scheme some stuff up for him because it's going to be tough running, uh, you know, through the through the tackles here for ETN. But yeah, uh, you got to start him. 
As someone who has ETN in a league where I need a win this week, can you please quit throwing the ball to Jermichael Hasty? You have Travis ETN <laughs> for a reason. Throw him the football, please. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, yes, I, I I would hundred percent agree with what you said. Absolutely. Weren't they saying that they were lining him up at wide receiver in training camp? I mean, what that, that was bad. That was Urban Meyer last should, year. Was so. that okay? I might have been yeah. mixing that up, but. Uh, ETN, yeah, pass catching back in college. Surprised they haven't used him more in that role. Uh, Christian sure. Kirk, I think he's definitely a start as long as Trevor Lawrence plays Tennessee, as we uh, saw last week. Not very good against wide receivers. And then Zay Jones, he is also in that flex level option, uh, you know, area. Would you rather start him or Tyler Boyd? Um, I think I'm going to go Tyler Boyd, but I think Ooh. they're very, very similar. Like Zay Jones would probably be right behind him. It's just. Betting on uh, betting on Joe Burrow over Trevor Lawrence, just in general, I'd rather have his third option than Trevor Lawrence's second to third option. I guess. Interesting. I think I'm gonna go Zay Jones in that one. I think he yeah, has a little bit of a bounce you. back. Uh, yeah, again, Tennessee not very good against wide receivers. Uh, Evan Ingram, another one of those guys. He is a tight end or bust. Uh, basically, I think he's he's probably a little bit higher end than you know the Conklins and Knoxes of the world, but. Uh, not saying too much. He's on the low end of starters. If you need him, throw him out there. But uh, again, he is uh, not a great option. Can easily bust on you. I would play him over in Joku though. Uh, For sure. On the Tennessee side of things, it's Derrick Henry. He's certainly in. The Jags have actually been pretty tough against the run. So this uh, this matchup looked really good earlier in the year. Hasn't quite panned out that way uh, to this point, at least. Uh, the, the Jags have been giving up, similar to the Titans, a lot of their production to running backs through the air. Derrick Henry uh, does not do that so much, so I think he'll be just fine, but just keep an eye on that, uh, maybe for DFS more so than redraft. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, two QB league option. I'm not willing to pivot down that low. Uh, Robert Woods, any interest in him without Burks? I'm assuming Traylon Burks misses this week. He had a concussion, an ugly one at that on Sunday, so I assume he misses a week. Uh, do you have any interest in Robert Woods? I mean, would you play Robert Woods over Tyler Boyd, Zay Jones, either of those two you guys? You at the back of the list of every single person we've talked about so far. Even Donovan Peoples-Jones? Even Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. Then, yeah. I mean, if you are absolutely desperate. I mean, he got picked up off our waiver wire today. I don't know if he's going to yeah. end up getting played, but we're in a super, super deep league, I would say. So, I mean, him getting picked up and that's not like – um that you know that amazing yeah 12 so. team double flex so that is uh you know 72 wide receivers and six bench spots be plus an ir spot also so plenty plenty of players rostered for sure uh chico conquo is the only other guy i kind of want to mention here not probably not willing to start him this week but somebody that has you know he's one of those super athletic guys that wasn't a great football player in college that kind of got drafted you know under the radar a little bit but the Titans have kind of been starting to use him in some interesting ways. They've been throwing him out wide a little bit. He uh, played a season high of snaps last week, got uh, four or five targets. So could be somebody you want to throw on your bench. And, you know, if he emerges as a guy that they use in that role consistently, he could be an option during the playoffs. But probably more uh, you know, probably more for keeper in Dynasty Leagues than anything else. Just think he's an interesting player. I think he ran the fastest 40 time of any tight end at the Combine this year. So keep an eye on Chico Conquo. Probably yeah. again. That's the game that's uh, playing this week. He may find his way into your boys' starting lineup this week with uh, no, really Cole Komet <laughs> on by, and I don't really want to. Uh, there's no one else out there. Honestly, I don't know. I I mean, I have to pick up someone because my only other tight ends on by. But I mean, he it's either him or like Tyler Conklin. So I don't know. I feel like I've whenever I watch uh, 
Um, the t- the few Titans games I've I've seen Okonkwo make some pretty solid catches. So he may he may end up with something. You know. Yeah. He's one big catch or you know one touchdown. You just never know. So he's right at the same level with Conklin, honestly. Alrighty, let's get into these these last of these ugly divisional mashups that we have here during the twelve o'clock slate. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by two points at home in this one. Over under a yummy thirty six and a half points. <laughs> that thing just keeps going down. Uh, I can't believe there's a thirty six and a half point over under, and the Broncos are not involved. The state of the NFL right now, not exactly where we'd want it to be heading into the fantasy playoffs, but. On the Baltimore side, like we said earlier, Tyler Huntley. Um, I call him a high-end QB2 if I was doing rankings, but he is a streaming option if you have you know, Justin Fields or if you have Tom Brady this week at San Francisco. I'd probably play Huntley over him. So uh, if you for are desperate sure. for the, at the quarterback position, he will get you a baseline of 50 to 60 rushing yards, which is always nice. That way you won't you know, have to start Derek Carr and have him give you one fantasy point. Uh, Huntley will at least give you some baseline if he gets in the end zone. Uh, you know, you'll have a pretty good day with him. Mark Andrews is obviously in your lineup as well. Tyler Huntley uh, heavily targeted him last year during their uh, you know five or six games together. Hopefully that continues. Andrews needs to kind of pick it up here heading into the playoffs. J.K. Dobbins is the only other guy that I'm interested in. Not starting him this week, obviously, uh, just coming off of that knee scope, but I am interested to see where it goes here. Definitely worth a roster spot with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Cody, I saw your transaction earlier today uh, involving Gus Edwards, so I kind of know how you feel about this, but uh, go ahead and tell me why you can drop Gus Edwards. Um, well, you can drop Gus Edwards because he's splitting carries with Kenyon Drake, and any running back that's at that level probably shouldn't be rostered. So, um, Especially with Dobbins coming back. Yeah, Dobbins coming back also is just going to throw another wrench in there. Really, Gus Edwards, I, would pro- I was probably going to hold on to him. Again, just super deep league, but I saw the Saquon injury pop up and Breda was on our uh, was a free agent, so had to go scoop him up in case uh, this Saquon issue gets any worse and uh, I need his backup. So, again, I, I would definitely say if your you know, RB1's backup is still out on the waiver wire, go drop Gus Edwards and go pick up that guy because you just never know what could happen in these few next couple of weeks. Fair enough. Yeah, I wouldn't drop Gus Edwards just to drop him. But like you said, if you have a handcuff you can go grab, go ahead and do it. Gus Edwards is probably more of a handcuff now uh, with Dobbins back. You're going to need Drake or Dobbins to go down for Edwards to have uh, you know week-to-week viability. On the Pittsburgh side, uh, it's not an inspiring situation here. Uh, there's no one that I'm really excited about. I think Pat Fryermuth's the only solid start we have, yep. so you can throw him in your lineup for sure. Uh, Najee Harris is the only other guy that I'm even honestly considering starting, and he is a flex play for me, not even an RB2, and that's even in a, you know, a week with six teams on by. So really trying to avoid Najee as much as I can because – as soon as Jalen Warren came back last week, he, you know, once again took all of the passing downs away from Najee. He did not receive a target, so we don't love that. I think, you know, there's a very high chance that Najee has 18 carries in this one, 70 yards, but if he doesn't score, you're going to have a seven-point fantasy day, and you're not going to be very happy with that out of Najee Harris. So non-PPR, I like him a lot more, but uh, again, if you can possibly avoid Najee, I would not mind doing it. I want to get a little temperature check on you with Najee. Would you rather start him or Jeff Wilson against the Chargers? Oh, definitely Jeff Wilson, without a doubt. Uh, oh, wow. One thing I was going to add about Najee, um, so 
he is he had a limited practice Thursday. He he got banged up last week and he has an oblique injury and, and he actually missed practice Wednesday, so he returned on Thursday. So well, it looks like he'll the oblique from the previous week. So I don't know if he got I don't know if he got re injured. He might have, but I guess he's he's not completely over it. Still the same injury from the uh, the ND game though, I believe. The ND game. Okay, so that was two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so. And then, like you said, once Jalen Warren was back from injury, he kind of worked right back into the role that he had. So, I mean, um, Baltimore has been solid against the run, I, and Pittsburgh just does not have a very inspiring offense. Najee's not going to get goal line opportunities unless it's going to be a long, methodical drive against this Baltimore defense, which Vegas doesn't expect a lot of. So, if you can pivot off Najee this week and, and you're in a must-win situation, I'd recommend doing so. Okay, a couple more for you here. Uh, yep. Najee Harris or uh, Rashad White or Leonard Fournette from the Tampa Bay? Uh, if I'm going to play one, it's going to be Rashad White. The uh, The injury for Leonard okay. Fournette scares me a little bit, but um, if, I mean, kind of bad contingency there. If if I know Leonard Fournette's going to be either limited or, you know, Friday's practice report that comes out not looking good, I'd go Rashad White, even with the tough matchup. Um, but if both of those guys play... I think I'm probably just playing Najee because that matchup really scares me off of it. Latavius Murray or Najee? I'll go Latavius Murray. I think that they're going to have to – their offense is going to have to be passing the ball quite a bit. Russell Wilson does dump it down – has dumped it down to him a little bit. So he he should have a pretty safe floor, I think, this week. That's a – I think that's a pretty good line for us there. Uh, Houston at Dallas is our next game. Dallas – 17 and a half point favorites at home in this one over under is 44 uh yeah again if you're good at math you uh you know know right off the bat there that dallas is not leaving a lot of points on the board for houston at least the odds makers see it that way um and i think anybody with football eyes would see that see it that way as well uh houston there's really this is kind of a similar situation to pittsburgh in that we're really just kind of trying to avoid all of these options you're not starting davis mills even in two qb leagues uh he is one of the two guys you're sitting in 12 team two qb leagues uh and then from the wide receivers and tight ends i think neagle collins is the only guy i would have considered but he's banged up he's mispracticed so far this week and he's going to probably have the uh the dig shadow i assume uh Cooks is going to be out again as well. He has not practiced this week either. So I think yep. uh, you'd be really hard-pressed not to, to start Collins banged up against Trevon Diggs, avoiding all pass catchers in Houston. Damian Pierce is the only guy that I want to have a discussion about, but he's similar to Najee. He's a big avoid this week. Uh, again, the, the boxes are going to be stacked against him. He has a super tough defense on the road in a game the Texans are probably going to be losing by a lot very quickly. So... Uh, I do not love starting Damian Pierce this week. I think we could possibly see another dud. You're kind of just hoping he falls in the end zone. Do you have any uh, you know, extended thoughts on Damian Pierce? Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to get the volume, so he may end up with you know, 15, 18 carries just because they're you know, not going to be able to really turn away from him too much. But uh, you know, he may have a total of 50 to 60 rushing yards against this defense. Like you said, they're going to stack the box against him. And, um, yeah, if you are in a situation that you can sit Damian Pierce through this week and, and still make your playoff matchup, then I would recommend doing that as well. Would you play Damian Pierce or Najee Harris? I was just about to ask you the same question because I didn't want to answer it. but uh, I think I'd go Najee. 
I think I'd have to go Najee there as well. I think I just think the the Pittsburgh is going to be able to hang in that game, and uh, Najee should you know end up with fifteen to twenty carries, even if they're not great ones. Uh, you know, Damian Pierce might end up with ten if uh, the Texans just get their doors blown off. Yeah, one uh, one other guy on Houston, just because I want to throw throw him out there. Um, tight end uh, Brevin Jordan, I believe is his name. Uh, just if you're in a touchdown or bust kind of tight end situation, then uh, he is someone that you can throw in there. Now, definitely very low end option, but I'd imagine Houston's throwing the ball quite a bit for probably the second quarter on in this game. Yeah, fair enough. Especially if Collins and uh, you know Cooks are out, are going to need to throw it to somebody. They're going to be attempting passes, so uh, somebody's going to catch them or at least a couple. Uh, and then on the Dallas side, uh, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are both smash plays this week. Thirty uh, Houston is thirty second against running backs, and both of these guys have been killing it against much tougher, uh, much tougher competition. So they're just fine. They're in your lineup. C.D. Lamb is in your lineup as well. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's a little bit of a question. He's got a pretty low ceiling because I don't imagine that the uh, the Cowboys are going to be attempting a ton of passes in this one, but he could score as well. Uh, you said that you'd rather play Gallup than Boyd a little bit earlier, so would you rather play Michael Gallup or uh, Damian Pierce on the other side? Um, Man, that's... Well, man, it's tough because, I mean, I would imagine Dallas is going to be throwing it at least a little bit in this game. I don't think they're just going to completely revert to running it until, you know, later. So I'd imagine Gallup has some good TD potential just because Dallas will be able to move the ball quite a bit. I just don't really see that same opportunity for Damian Pierce. I mean, if Houston gets in the end zone twice this week, I think the majority of people would be surprised. So um, I would have to go Gallup, especially in any kind of half or full point PPR, but I'm not really happy to have to make that decision. It's just more of that Dallas defense against Damian Pierce. Yeah. That says all you need to know about Damian Pierce. Try to avoid him if you can, uh, but yeah, you should at least see some volume. Dak Prescott's the other guy in the Dallas offense I want to talk about. He is actually uh, someone we're trying to avoid this week as well, at least I am. Uh, Houston has not given up a lot of points to the quarterback position because teams do not need to throw it against Houston. They, uh, you know, they go up by a lot early, whether it's a defensive touchdown or a rushing touchdown, and then. You know, passing the ball becomes unnecessary because once you're up two or three scores, it's just uh, you know run the ball out and get out of there because Houston's not going to put a ton of pressure on you. So Dak's kind of a low-end starter for me this week. I just don't see a ton of volume for him. Um, would you rather start Dak or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, that's a good line to put him at. Because I'd say both of them probably... I would say Dak probably has a cap a cap ceiling just because they won't have to throw the ball very oh, much yeah. towards the end of the game. Um, whereas I think with Trevor Lawrence, with Tennessee being favored, at least he's going to be throwing uh, throughout. I mean, a couple weeks ago in Baltimore, Trevor Lawrence was having a pitiful fantasy day and then turned it around in basically just the fourth quarter. So um, you know, there's a possibility of something like that happening against Tennessee. So I think I'd have to go Trevor Lawrence just shooting for a little bit of a higher ceiling. Then uh, Dak or Tom Brady against the Niners. Yeah, I gotta go Dak. I just I can't imagine Tom Brady having a good game against that defense. Last one, Dak or Huntley. Probably going Huntley. Got to bet on that upside. Okay. 
All right, so you're pretty low on Dak as well. Uh, I think I might have him over Huntley, but I wouldn't argue it, and I think I would be agree on the rest of them. So I have, you know, Dak is a very low-end starter this week. Uh, try yep. to avoid him as well if you can. Dalton Schultz, he's a tight end, so he is in your lineup again. He should have a decent shot at a touchdown. If, uh, if he has some low volume, then, you know, tight ends are tight ends, so you're not going to be able to find a better one. Minnesota at Detroit. Uh, the last divisional matchup that I have to talk about for you guys, and uh, this one should be much more entertaining than the other ones we've gotten to so far. Detroit favored by one and a half points. <laughs> Detroit favored by one and a half points over the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings at home, the 5-7 and seven Lions. Over-unders 51 and a half. Uh, I think Vegas is telling you everything they need that you need to know about how they feel about this Minnesota team. Uh, wow. But that doesn't mean that's crazy. I mean, that that's... is. I just want to take a second on that one. That is wild. Ten and two, Minnesota is underdogs against the Detroit Lions. Holy cow! Yep, and I think they should be. Honestly, I, I would. I think Detroit will win this game. I think uh, you know the, the odds makers are really trying to get you to bet on the Vikings, giving you points for them. So yep. uh, I, I, that's that's the suckers bet there. Vegas thinks the Lions will win this game. On the Minnesota side, we can still start their, uh, their fantasy options, though. This should be a good game. Again, 51.5 point over under, lots of points expected, and I would think uh, they follow through here. Uh, the, the Minnesota offense, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, or excuse me, uh, both the quarterbacks will be starters, but start with Kirk Cousins. He's in. Uh, I think I would play him over most of the guys we've talked about so far, Prescott's. Yep. Um, you know, Tyler Huntley playing him over those two, Trevor Lawrence, um, for sure. Tom Brady. Uh, so yeah, for Cousins, this is, this is if you are starting or if he's in your consideration, then he's probably in this week because this is, you know, this is the week to start him. Uh, Justin Jefferson's in. T.J. Hawkinson, he's got the revenge narrative. Not, <laughs> this is kind of funny actually. I, NFL players just do not usually get this opportunity in season after being traded to play their old team very often. So. I think this is kind of a unique opportunity for TJ Hawkinson. Hopefully he can come through. Uh, so he's definitely in your lineup. And then uh, Dalvin Cook is also in your lineup. But just remember that stat that we gave you at the end of uh, the preview last week. Detroit has been very tough against running backs. So this is not you know the traditional smash Dalvin Cook matchup that you may have had in the past with the Lions. But uh, you're definitely still, you know, put him in your lineup. That's not to say don't start him, but just kind of remember that you're not going to get, you know, a guaranteed 20 points out of Cook in this one. Adam Thielen, he's the only other guy I want to talk about. He's a matchup-based start for me. I think there should be plenty of passes thrown, and the Detroit secondary does not inspire a lot of confidence. Uh, how do you feel about Thielen? Yeah, I I think that he's in there as well. I think you can, with a decent amount of confidence, go ahead and start all five of the main guys from Minnesota this week. Yeah, it's going to be a similar story on the Detroit side as well. Honestly, Jared Goff, he's a low-end starter. I, I see him very similarly to Kirk Cousins, honestly. For sure. uh, again, this is a high-scoring game. Jared Goff's at home. He's played really well at home all year. And uh, there's just there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Minnesota's defense has not been very hard to throw against uh, so far this year. So Jared Goff is a solid start. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I think they're both in your lineup, but DeAndre Swift showed us last week at least hopefully, that you can trust him in fantasy with this workload, especially the way he catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he should be a solid option. Throw him in the RB2 range. He's probably in your lineup. And then Williams is just too tough to sit. Leads the NFL in touchdowns from the running back position. I know Minnesota's actually been pretty tough against the run this year, but uh, I don't know how you could possibly go away from Jamal Williams. Do you feel any differently? 
Um, no, absolutely not. If they get inside the five-yard line and it's not a hurry-up situation, I 100%, 100% expect Jamal Williams to be trotting out on that field for at least two goal line opportunities per <laughs> each time they're in the five. So if you've been relying on Jamal Williams until they, you see them completely go away from him in that situation, uh, you can go ahead and keep him. I do think he does kind of bump down to a flex. He's been an RB2 for a while, even an RB1 in some weeks. So a um, little bit of a lower ceiling ultimately now, but you can still flex him for sure. Monroe St. Brown is a lineup lock. Uh, and then DJ Shark, I think, actually finds himself in uh, consideration here as well. He had a pretty good week last week, 95 yards receiving against the Jaguars. And then this should be a game uh, where Minnesota, you know, at the very least, is going to put up a pretty good fight here. I think this is going to be a high-scoring close game, and there should be a lot of pass attempts on both sides. You want pieces in a week where, you know, Cody laid it out before we started here. There's just a lot of games that offer a dud potential or just, you know, maybe are going to be lower-scoring games. So this game you want pieces of. I think Chark is a solid wide receiver three. Would you start him or Adam Thielen? Ooh, that is uh, that is a good question. I think I'm slightly going Adam Thielen, but DJ Chark would be right there with him, kind of in that same level of player. Chark or Gallup? Give me Chark. I like the matchup. Yeah, I was going to say, give me Chark all day in that one. Uh, Chark or either of the Pittsburgh guys? Definitely Chark. I just, I'm out on the Pittsburgh guys for now. Say Jones or Chark? Ooh, um... Man, another one very, very similar. I think I'm just going to go Zay Jones. He's just done a, a little bit more consistently this year. That's fair. Uh, I'll still take Chark, though. I think, uh, you know, 10, 10 more points in the over-under. I just like the atmosphere in this that's, game. That's so, fair. Yeah. Uh, I will, I'll take DJ Chark. I think he's a solid option this week. Cody, uh, I will go ahead and throw it to you so you can take over for Philadelphia at the Giants. Yep, I got one more thing I want to say about TJ Hawkinson. This is the reason sure. why you don't trade people within division because then, then you get the revenge game <laughs> in the same year. So As good as Detroit has, has looked some, at points in this year and the kind of the strides they've made, that has been just one knucklehead decision I will not understand. Yeah, they, they could probably use a guy like TJ Hawkinson right now making their playoff push. And, yeah, like you said, uh, the reason you don't see those matchups happen very often is because in-division trades don't happen very much. But uh, this one is, you know, just one of those circumstances. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into Philadelphia at the New York Giants, another divisional matchup. Philadelphia favored by 7.5, over under 44.5. Um I know it's in New York, but I'm kind of surprised Philadelphia is only favored by seven and a half. Their uh, their offense has been lighting teams up. Let's go ahead and start with that Philadelphia offense. You got Jalen Hurts; he's a must start. I think he's you know if we do some kind of award show at the end, he he may be like league winner of the year. He's he's been an Absolutely. absolute steal. He's in Absolutely. Um, and even two other guys, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. I mean, A.J. Brown's wide receiver one, Devontae Smith's a wide receiver two this week. Both should be smash starts. The running back, Miles Sanders. I'm going to have him as a higher-end RB2 this week. This should be a game script that benefits Sanders. The Giants have been a pretty good run defense, so there's a chance that maybe he just gets um, stuck. But you know, I do expect Philadelphia's offense to keep it rolling, so I expect a couple of good um, you know, red zone opportunities for Sanders. Hopefully he gets back in the end zone again this week. Um, I feel like a lot of those guys are probably lineup blocks this, this week. Do you have any kind of differing opinions? 
now Sanders, Brown, Smith, uh, and Hurts, they're all, you know, lineup locks for sure. Uh, at least Smith is until Goddard comes back. For sure. And then just an update here on Dallas Goddard. Uh, he was spotted practicing off to the side at practice on Thursday or doing individual drills. So this is good. This should be his fourth week. So Goddard owners might be able to get their guy for their playoff push, uh, especially if you have the bye next week and he kind of makes his return. If he gets kind of settled back in, you'd be that'd be perfect for you. So. Hopefully yeah, if you're in a shallower out. league with no IR spots, go check to see if he's out there because, uh, you know, sometimes he might have gotten dropped at the beginning of that uh, IR stint if you're in like a 10-team league that does not have an IR spot. So just go make sure he's not out there. If you need tight end help, he could be a great option down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. And even if you're in a shallow league and you have a, someone you could drop, go scoop him up because you don't 100%. want him on another playoff team's roster. Yep, All right, let's go ahead and jump to the Giants side here. Daniel Jones, QB2 option. Uh, I would say maybe even a back-end streamer if you're in a league where a lot of QBs are rostered. So just want to kind of find a line here for Daniel Jones. Would you play him or Tom Brady this week? Man, I I hate that question so much because I want to say Daniel Jones. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say Daniel Jones. I'm just I'm just avoiding Brady at all costs this week. Yeah, absolutely. And with that sentiment, I'm assuming you'd go Huntley and Lawrence over Jones then? Yes, I would. Yep. Okay. We're, we're yeah, kind of right in that same go, spot then. I think I'd go Huntley, Lawrence, Jones, Brady. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you on, on Daniel Jones. I think he's a look, very, very back end streamer if you, uh, if like I said, there's no one else out there for you. Uh, Saquon's in, but as Nick pointed out, he did find his way to the injury report. Uh, make sure Matt Breida, if he is still out there and you are the Saquon owner, or if you just want to have a potential RB1 backup, I would add Matt Breida because uh, you just never know with Saquon. So if you can move someone to the IR and pick him up, I would recommend doing so. The uh, wide receiver option here, I think it, we're just going to stick with Darius Slayton. I'd say he's probably a wide receiver three-level option this week. Uh, Philly's tough to throw on. They have two pretty solid corners, and the Giants, uh, you know, may you know they, they may be down in this one. So Slayton may just be a good volume play. You know, maybe maybe can get in the end zone too. So uh, if you just want to bet just based on volume and what you've seen over the past couple weeks, I think Slayton can uh, find a flex you know flex spot for you or a wide receiver three if you're in a deeper league. Yeah, I've been a well-documented uh, backer of Slayton so far this year. Liked him as a player. This is a tough matchup for sure, but the Giants are going to need to throw, and when they do, they will throw it to Darius Slayton. So I would play him. I think he's more in the you know, Thielen-Shark discussion rather than the Zay Jones- Donovan Peoples-Jones-ish discussion we were having earlier. I think I would play Thielen and Chark just above Slayton, but I would have Slayton above uh, all of the other you know, borderline guys we've talked about, Boyd, Peoples-Jones, Gallup, gotcha. all of them. Yeah, that's a pretty good pretty good mark then. And then uh, tight end, Danny Bellinger, he's back. Uh, touchdown or bust kind of guy. Yes, he is. But he did have five opportunities last week and caught all five of them, so he may have a safer floor than some in a game where they should uh, expect some decent passing volume. So if you are, I, I'm interested. Yep, I say if you're someone who maybe like me just have not found anyone to pick up, you know, the tight end position, I'd say Danny Bellinger's out there in quite a bit. He may be a solid, uh, solid start this week. Just get you a safe, um, safe floor with a few passing opportunities. 
yeah, I think I'd play him over the uh, you know Dawson Knox, Tyler Conklin group. Uh, like you said, there's just more opportunity for him in this Giants passing game than there is for those guys in theirs. Um, you know, he could legitimately be the second option in this offense. They you know they only throw it 20 or 25 times a game, but if you're the second option, that's uh, a lot safer floor than most. So, Danny Billinger, if you're really struggling at the tight end position, he's worth an add. Yep, I agree with you there. All right, first non-divisional matchup we've had here in a while, and it's a it's a great <laughs> matchup to talk about here. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. San Francisco favored by three and a half, over under a whopping thirty-seven and a half. Like I said, there's going to be Goodness. a few of these just absolute stinker Stinkers. kind of games out there. So let's start on the the Tampa Bay side. I think Tom Brady, we've kind of established a pretty good line. Uh, if you're willing to play Daniel Jones over him, it's a good week to avoid Tom Brady. So I'd say that we've established that pretty well. Uh, the running back room, obviously with the news of Leonard Fournette popping up on the injury report, you know, Rashad White gets a bump up if Fournette were to miss. But still, this is an extremely tough matchup. Um, Nick, really just want to see here, if you had to give me three players out of the Tampa Bay, Buffalo, and Baltimore running back rooms that you would flex this week, go ahead and give me those three. Tampa, Buffalo, Baltimore. Okay, so um, Baltimore, I'm just avoiding altogether, to be honest with you. So they would all be below uh, Tampa and Buffalo. And then I think I would go um, I'd go Singletary, Cook, Rashad White, Leonard Fournette in that order. Ooh, yep, don't blame me there. So both Buffalo guys over either of these Tampa Bay guys. So Absolutely, you, unless... Uh, Unless Fournette sits, and then I would probably put Rashad White begrudgingly at the top of that list in any PBR formats because he is just going to be peppered with dump-offs. And, uh, you know, he'll have, he'll have eight or nine targets if that's the case. But uh, as long as both of them are in there, then I'd rather start either of the Buffalo guys. Yep, I agree with you there. Fournette misses Rashad White, kind of gets moved into must-start category just based on passing volume he's going to get. I would um, say only in PPR formats, though. And non, I would still fair. be avoiding Rashad White because I could see him, you know, with eight catches for 30 yards and not much else. For sure. The wide receiver room, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I guess lower-end wide receiver two options this week. Um, I like Godwin more, just his PPR floor has been a lot safer, but I'd say this mm -hmm. week they're both pretty risky plays. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Godwin, obviously, like you said, uh, he's going to have that floor in PPR leagues because he just gets those close-to-the-line-of-scrimmage targets that are still probably going to be available with this tough pass rush, but... Yeah, the type of type of routes Mike Evans runs does not lend itself to you know the the San Francisco defensive line tearing through uh, the Tampa Bay offensive line and you know not allowing Brady to have any time. So, I think Mike Evans is a little bit more of an avoid for me this week. Uh, I think I would even consider you know those Adam Thielen, DJ Chark type guys over at Mike Evans if you uh, if you have those options. Yep, that's fantasy football, man. You got to make those tough decisions. If you're in a win and get in, I know Mike Evans is that workhorse guy. That's that's what you drafted him to be. But you got yeah, 13 weeks of data here, man. You gotta gotta play those matchups when you have juicy ones like that. <laughs> Um, and then tight end Kate Otten, I think he becomes a low end option if Bray doesn't play. But if both are out there, you're you're avoiding obviously both of them, right? Yeah, similar to Rashad White, if there is no other tight end in that room, Kate Otten might end up with eight targets. They might only go for 30 yards, but if he catches five or six passes, he'll probably be a top 10 tight end just uh, you know, based on that. For sure. All right, San Francisco's side here, not going to get much better. Uh, Brock Purdy, very low end QB2 option. Um, I would say I'd, the Rams guy didn't get played, and... Um, 
Oh, who's the other guy we said that was not going to get played? Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. So Brock Purdy's finding his way into some two QB lineups, I'd imagine, this week. Um, so very, very risky business, very low-end option there. Uh, CMC, he's a must-start. He is currently questionable, but as, I think as long as he remains limited at practice, at a minimum, he will go and dominate snap share. So, um, again, yeah, I don't think a it's a new injury with him. I think it's the uh, right. you know still that knee irritation that he was dealing with last week. So as long as it's still just that injury, seems like he hasn't had any re-injuries or anything, he should be fine. For sure. And then the uh, wide receiver options here, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. First game with Brock Purdy starting at the helm. Uh, I would say Debo, low-end RB2, or wide receiver two, uh, you know, high-end wide receiver three, and Ayuk is wide receiver three to flex option. Um, I would say Ayuk is extremely risky. Like I said in our breakdown, I do think Samuel's going to get a certain level of just running back opportunities in this new designed offense they're going to have to make. So I think he has somewhat of a safer floor, but... I just got a couple names here for you. Uh, either San Francisco guy or DJ Moore. <laughs> DJ Moore. Yep. All right. Either San Francisco guy or Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Uh, yeah, I think I think Judy. I actually really like Judy this week against the Chiefs. Uh, even with Russell Wilson being his quarterback, he's just he's going to be peppered with targets against a pretty bad secondary. For sure. And then Jacoby Myers looks like he is going to miss. So would you go as low as uh, Devontae Parker for the Patriots or these San Francisco guys? Yeah, I would I would go with your San Francisco guys at that point. It's a little too low. For sure. And then George Kittle, uh, we both shared some concern for Kittle in the Week 13 breakdown, so I wanted to see if you'd consider any of these other guys uh, over him this week with Purdy starting. Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, or Evan Ingram, if you had them as like a backup option or if they're still on your waiver, would you consider any of them over George Kittle this week? Yeah, that's a little bit too low for me. I think I would, uh, you know, just stick with Kittle at that point. But if you are in a shallower league and there's a maybe a Greg Dulcich or a Gerald Everett on the wire, I think I might consider those guys over Kittle. But probably not the, you know, the touchdown or bust guys. That's a little too low for me to, to sit Kittle. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, these guys are all very low-end options, so just wanted to make sure that we weren't stooping that low with George Kittle. Right. Um, all right, let's go ahead and go Carolina at Seattle. Seattle only favored by four points, which I find a little bit interesting, over under yeah, 44 I, and a half. Very interesting. I, I That one... See, that's that's one of those where I see that and I want to include it in my best bet stock, and then I think there is a reason that uh, they're only favored by four points. I feel like this is a bit of a trap one for uh, for betters. Yeah, for sure. Well, on the fantasy side here, starting with Carolina, Sam Darnold, very low end QB two option, kind of I would say slightly above the Brock Purdy level. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where, where we're at with him. Um, on the running back room, you have Deontay Foreman. I'd say he's a mid to low end RB two option for this week, um, and you know, uh, oh, and then like we said in the this or that segment, you know, the next three weeks he does have some pretty tough matchups. So this should be a solid week for him. But if you're relying on Deontay Foreman and you have a playoff level roster, um, I'd be a little bit concerned. But again, for this week, I think he's a solid start. Yeah, this is the this is the week we told you to, that you were going to be able to enjoy Foreman, you know, being in your lineup. So I think uh, you're gonna try to take advantage of him. You, you go ahead and do it this week. Would you have any interest in Chuba Hubbard since he got a decent amount of run the last time you know this team played, or would you be not pivoting that low? I just don't think I'm pivoting that low. I I just I 
don't even when Chuba Hubbard had the full workload last year when CMC went down, I mean, he wasn't very valuable for fantasy football. So him just getting the back end of Deontay Foreman's work, I'm just uh, I, I don't want to have a piece of that, especially if I'm in any kind of win and get in situation. Fair enough. Yeah, it is a pretty desperate week, but I think that might be just a little bit too low even for us. Yeah. And then the wide receiver room, DJ Moore. Uh, I think he's in play this week with all the buys for sure. Uh, and, and in his one game with Sam Darnold, he did go four for six, 103 yards, and a touchdown against the good Denver pass defense. So, um, you know, Sam Darnold may end up being the best quarterback DJ Moore plays with this year, as weird as that is to say. So, um, and as sad as that is to say, but I think he's in play this week and uh, should should see a pretty good day against Seattle. Their pass defense is hit or miss. Uh, they like to get interceptions, but they also tend to give up some decent pass plays. Yeah, they have a pretty good secondary. They have some good young corners. Uh, they've been pretty good against wide receivers in general, but DJ Moore is the clear, clear one here, and he has you know next level ability. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, he, he he got a lot of that production against Patrick Sertan last week against Denver or two weeks ago against Denver. So yeah. I don't, you know, matchups don't really concern me here. It's just more about what's the atmosphere. It should be a relatively high scoring game. I like DJ Moore. For sure. And then the Seattle side, uh, Geno Smith's a solid starter. Um, really, would you kind of, I think a good line for Geno Smith, would you consider starting Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff over him this week? Oh, that's really tough. Uh, you know, I think if there was a healthy Kenneth Walker, I'm going to go ahead and start Cousins or Goff. Again, I think both of those guys are almost identical for me, honestly. They're just, they're yep. both in a really good matchup, like their script. And then uh, if there's no Kenneth Walker, I think that adds, you know, maybe even five to ten throws on, you know, to Geno Smith's ledger. So at that point, I would just take Geno Smith and his, uh, you know, elite level options that he has to throw to. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's pretty locked and loaded for you. Uh, the running back room, if, if it's not Kenneth Walker who plays, then there's no reason, I think, for you to rely on any of these other guys. Um, you're basically going to have to wait and see who is healthy. And then they're most likely just going to end up splitting carries between the two or three that are actually playing. So I don't think outside of Kenneth Walker you're going to find any value in the running back room. And even if Kenneth Walker finds a way to play this week, which I don't think he will, obviously, um, I, I would try to avoid him because I don't imagine he's going to get a full workload. Coming from someone that may have to start one of these guys, uh, even if it's as gross as it sounds, I think Travis Homer would be the guy I'd take. I believe DJ Dallas will miss this game. He had what Pete Carroll called a high ankle issue. So uh, those are usually called high ankle sprains by most coaches, and those those take a couple weeks to heal up. I would be very surprised if Dallas played this week. And then, like you said, uh, this is all assuming Kenneth Walker is out to begin with. I think he will miss as well. Uh, Travis Homer actually, I think, has looked. He looks pretty good when they give him the ball. Uh, he runs hard. He he seems like one of those you know undrafted free agent guys that just kind of gives it 110 percent every play. Uh, so I think he would be the last man standing and would catch passes at the very least. So uh, it is a low level option, and he could end up with you know four carries for 10 yards and then two passes his way and kind of totally dud you, but. If you have Kenneth Walker and you're in a deep league like somebody on this podcast, I think Travis Homer is the guy I would choose. All right. Well, I am glad that you recommended somebody because I could not figure out who it would be the guy I'd recommend. <laughs> he's also so. he's back to full practice off the injury report, so he will definitely play. For sure. All right. The wide receiver room is super, <laughs> super easy. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both guys are must-starts with the question back or question in the running back room. 
they should rely on these guys pretty similarly to they did how they did last week. So both smash starts. And then Noah Fant, um, he's kind of in that touchdown or bust tier. Um, he has seen some games with more work. No running game may, may lead to some more opportunity for him. I mean, very low-level line here. Would you play Noah Fant or Tyler Conklin this week if you had to? Uh, I got to play Conklin. He is at least a full-time player. Noah Fant uh, has had a you know an okay run of late, but they split time pretty heavily with their tight ends, and I just don't want to risk the you know two targets for one one catch and ten yards that Noah Fant will probably give me. Yeah, and then this is just another. Uh, I can't remember where we were exactly. Would you play Noah Fant or David Njoku if Dake, if he's going this week? Oh, don't ask me that question. Um, I I think I might actually go Fant there. Uh, I, okay. I just I know what we saw the last time Njoku came back. He was a you know twenty to thirty percent snap guy, and then with the yep. other Deshaun Watson variable, it's just it's too much for me to to, to go there. No, completely fair. Just might have to make that decision in Justin and I's dynasty league. But luckily, luckily <laughs> we got a playoff enough. spot wrapped up, so we're we're good. It's just not uh not ideal at the tight end position. No, not at not at all. Yeah. All right. Kansas City at Denver. Back to the divisional matchups here. Oh, KC goodness. favored by nine and a half. Over under forty three and a half. Um, I, I think we may have to fight on who gets to count that under as their best bet of the week because I would be all over uh, yeah, that one I, as well. Oh, God, yes. You can, <laughs> you can have that one. There's a few other unders I like. But, yeah, 100% smash that under. I cannot believe it is up to 43.5. Yeah, even with Kansas City being favored by 9.5, that means they're they're still giving Denver, like, two touchdowns or, or a touchdown and a few For field some goals. Reason, so, yeah. yeah. All right, the Kansas City side, we're just going to go ahead and mark off uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. Both those guys are in your lineup for sure. Yep, yep. Running back room, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Pacheco, RB2 option this week with the buys and and some injuries. Um, He's had 15-plus opportunities in each of the last four games. The issue with Pacheco is both running backs are seeing right around a 45% snap share, so they're basically splitting time right down the middle. Um, and McKinnon has been the one that gets the work in the passing game. Pacheco's caught a couple passes in the past few weeks, but nothing to get super excited about. Really, Pacheco's the workhorse. McKinnon can be flexed in half and full point PPR leagues. Um, anything to add about those two guys? Yeah, well, the other thing I'll say about McKinnon is that he's been getting the red zone work as well. So he is getting basically all of the high-value touches, and then Pacheco's kind of getting the you know the, the rest of it, but more uh, in the volume standpoint of things. So I think if Casey goes up a decent amount in this game, which is a very you know good possibility, Pacheco will get the you know grinded-out yards at the end of the game, and then McKinnon might get a touchdown early. So I actually don't mind him as an option either. I'd probably play him over any of the Seattle guys. Um Trying to find another lower level option, I might play him over uh, Rashad White potentially if Leonard Fournette's in. I think I'd rather have McKinnon. So he's actually, you know, he's on the radar for sure, which is a little bit more than we could have said from him a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. Imagine Melvin Gordon comes in when they're grinding out this game and he just fumbles one to Denver and just goes completely <laughs> full circle. How amazing oh, would that be? That, well, <laughs> it would be amazing for me, but uh, that's that's just not how not how life works. It's Gordon. If Gordon comes in, he's going to score a touchdown. That's that's the more likely scenario. Yeah, that's fair. The wide receiver room, I think, I mean, we've been all over this all season long. Um, I mean, if there's going to be one you're actually going to play, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, but you just can't predict where the passing volume is going to go outside of Travis Kelsey. So I would say if you're a playoff-level team and you're relying on Juju week in and week out, then um, I would go, you know, see if a Zay Jones is available or, you know, 
any of those kind of guys because even though you know the Chiefs do pass the ball quite a bit, you just you never know who the touchdowns or the volume is going to go to outside of Kelsey. Yeah, I think I would start Juju over the Tyler Boyd, Peoples Jones tier, but I'd probably start every other you know fantasy relevant option that we have talked about so far over him, uh, Michael Gallup. Both the Pittsburgh guys, uh, Zay Jones, Darius Slayton, all those guys I'd start over uh, Juju. Cool, absolutely. Um, And then uh, the Denver side here. Let's go ahead and run through this real quick. Russell Wilson, low-end QB2 option in in, uh, two QB leagues. Latavius Murray, I think he's a low-end RB2 option this week. I kind of showed some sentiment for him earlier. Um, He's not a player that I want to rely on. Um, If I have a playoff-level roster, but I do think he's a fine start this week. And then the two guys I think are really good plays this week, Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich, just should be a negative game script where Russell Wilson's having to throw the ball, and these should be the two primary pass catchers um, for them. So obviously Dulcich at tight end, we must start, and then Jerry Judy in the wide receiver role. Um, I'd say he's, he's got pretty good ceiling. He has a pretty good ceiling this week, and I'd also say he should have a pretty safe floor. Yeah, I like Jerry Judy quite a bit. Uh, like I said earlier, should be condensed target share for him. And he has uh, actually been pretty good when he's been on the field uh, for, you know, a full allotment of snaps this year. Hasn't been that often, but he is uh, he is currently questionable, actually, but it's still that ankle injury he played last week. He should, you know, be worked in even more this week. So uh, I like what I've seen from Judy on the field uh, when he's been there. It just hasn't been that often, unfortunately, for the Broncos. Yeah, would you play him over both the Tampa Bay and San Francisco wide receivers? Uh, I'll take uh, Godwin over Judy, but then the rest of them I would play. Uh, Judy would be number two on that list. Gotcha. Sounds good. And like I, I think we kind of said this when we were talking about Kittle, but if you happen to have Dulcich and Kittle on the same team, I think this is a good week to roll Dulcich out there and see yep. what Kittle does in that uh, new new look offense. But um, pretty much really easy for Denver. Um, Latavius Murray, Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich just – Going to see some volume, so they all three can be started this week. I'm just proud of us that we have three relevant options. Good job, guys. Yeah, at least you guys can say that you can play a wide receiver with some kind of confidence. We're supposed to have the best quarterback in the NFL, and you can't play a wide receiver. It's extremely (laughs) annoying. Uh, You can't even talk about him either because it's just annoying. We'll take him off your hands. Yeah, well, (laughs) you got your guy over there, $250 million. Um, Miami at the Los Angeles Chargers. Miami favored by three and a half, over under 51 and a half. I think this is one of those matchups that you want pieces of for sure. Absolutely. Uh, to a T, I think this is a great matchup. Should be a pretty good bounce back game for this passing game. Um, just want to verify, would you play Tua over both Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff still this week? Yeah, uh, I think he, you know, he's just been too solid so far this year. Uh, you gotta, you gotta roll with Tua as long as he is healthy, which it looks like he is. Awesome. Well, uh, the running back room, I, I'm playing Jeff Wilson in our league. Luckily, it doesn't mean too much, but um, I just have no idea what to expect. So I think they're both flexible this week uh, with a very good matchup. But you know, hopefully, we get some kind of clarity of what this backfield is going to look like this week before we get into the playoffs. Otherwise, these two guys are going to be very nerve-wracking if you're going to be relying on them come playoff time. Yeah, I read a stat somewhere uh, earlier this week that the Los Angeles Chargers are currently giving up 5.43 yards per carry, and that would be the worst mark since the you know Super Bowl era began. So 
This run defense is bad. That's another way of saying that. Uh, I think that you know, going from pro probably the worst matchup in the you know in the NFL on the road against San Francisco to literally the best matchup of <laughs> possibly all time, I think will you know cure what ails these running backs. You can start a bowl. Yeah, Chargers should find themselves a defensive head coach to shore up that defense. Um, oh, yeah, that would be nice, right? <laughs> All right, the wide receivers for Miami, they're both 100% in. Obviously, Tyreek Hill has the illness that popped up today. Uh, just keep an eye on Waddle's status. But I think if they're both playing, they're 100% in your lineup. Only question is, if either one were to miss, would you throw Trent Sherfield out there? Yeah, I think he's actually a solid option at that point. Uh, this passing offense is just you know really solid. And, uh, you know, he becomes a legitimate option at that point in the, you know, probably above the Tyler Boyd, Peoples Jones range and then below the rest of the guys we've talked about. But I think at that point, what you might do is actually start Mike Gasicki because he would end up, you know, he might end up being the number two in this offense at that point. Yep. Well, Mike Gusecki has uh, not caught a single pass for the past two weeks. And they had their bye week three weeks ago. So he's gone three whole weeks, basically almost a whole month now without catching a pass in the NFL. So I would say that is a uh, risky business. But if one of those two guys do miss, he does become an option, I, I would say. Yeah, that is a lot of uh, target market share to leave the uh, the pie there if it's Waddle, you know, Waddle being out. He'll actually, sure. uh, like I said, he was also limited with a you know with an illness so if one or two of these guys miss then Gasicki becomes an option but like you said it would be risky business yep all right Chargers side I think it's also going to be pretty easy uh Justin Herbert great matchup I think this is only going to be the third or fourth game that he had a full you know allotment of weapons as long as Mike Williams ends up playing he did get off the injury report today so he should be good to go as long as nothing pops up tomorrow um, so Justin Herbert's 100% a smash start, smash start and a good matchup. Austin Eckler, 100% a must start as well. Um, and I think I'd also throw Keenan Allen in there as well. He's 100% a must start. Uh, with Mike Williams, I guess I just want to get a temperature check. Are we good to go ahead and lock him back in the lineup? Um, I would say keeping, you know, if we see some news about a snap count or something, that obviously can change your opinion. But based on what we know right now, would you put him in a lineup? Oh, I don't know. I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you. Uh, he re-entered this ankle when he came back last time, and uh, we've just kind of seen this historically with uh, you know wide receivers. These ankle injuries have a tendency to affect their performance in their first couple games back, so I think I would probably be starting Palmer over Williams this week until I see it. Uh, with with Mike Williams, I expect that they, you know, they're not going to throw him back out there and give him 90% of snaps. They saw what happened last time. They tried to do that. I, he's going to be worked in to some degree. To what degree, I can't say. But I would still stick with Josh Palmer over Mike Williams, especially because Palmer's look pretty good in uh, Williams' stead. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was going to say if for some reason Williams were to end up missing, Palmer's a must-start. But, I mean, Nick already has him in there even with Williams. Um, I do think you can. You can definitely play him even if Williams does play. I I would say if you're in a situation where you're in a win and get in and you, you aren't favored and you need some higher upside, I, I'm okay with throwing him out there and hoping. There's just few options in the oh, NFL yeah, that give option. you that upside uh, that Williams can. But I do share your sentiment. I mean, there's a chance he goes out there, and if he gets any kind of re-aggravation, there's no way they're keeping him out there any right. longer. So. He definitely I, has uh, goose potential as well. 
He does. He does. I, I'm playing him over, you know, the Tyler Boyd, Peoples Jones, Gallup range, but I think I would play the the DJ Charks, Adam Thielens, uh, Jerry Judy's, and then like I said, Josh Palmer's over him me, uh, this week. Let me pull up one of my lineups here. I'm going to test your line here with Mike Williams a little bit, just because I did do. I did move him in to my starting lineup. Um, oh, those are pretty ugly options. There's no way you'd play Zonovan Knight over Mike Williams, right? Uh, what is what format is this? This is a full PPR. Oh man, uh, I think I would go Zonovan Knight over Mike Williams. Ooh, okay, that, that's that's a so, good enough line for me. But that's I, I, that's one that's a that's one where it's a good example of Mike Williams's upside. If you need you know a big big performance out of whatever position you have this in, obviously a flex, then uh, you probably want to go with Williams. But I think Zonovan Knight offers a much much higher floor. Yep. All right. I think that's, that's I, I a actually. Fair I think that says more about my, you know, my stance on Zonovan Knight. I think he will still be the the clear carry leader at the very least, and then if he sees a target or two, then you know he. I think he'll be a pretty good option. Absolutely. And Gerald Everett. Uh, he, we've mentioned his name a few times throughout. Uh, he's securely in that starting tight end tier. Uh, good matchup against Miami. And he has uh, just seen subtle involvement basically throughout the season. So he's had a couple of down weeks, but he almost never does you. And the tight end uh, landscape's very bleak, um, especially this week. It is. I think the one thing I will say about Everett is you might want to try to find another option for your playoff run if he's your guy right now. I think once Mike Williams gets integrated, he becomes, you know, maybe even the fourth possibly fifth option if he's behind Palmer, obviously with uh, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and, uh, or excuse me, he'd be the fourth option behind Palmer, uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. So, yeah, I think Everett has a chance to take a step back here if everybody gets healthy, but uh, for this week, Everett is a good option. For sure. All right, last matchup here. We have New England at Arizona on Monday Night Football. New England currently favored by one and a half points. Over under 43 and a half. Uh, I guess I'm not too surprised New England is favored, but sheesh. I mean, coming into the season with all the stuff going on in New England, I would have expected Arizona to probably be favored in this one if you had to ask me on week one. But yeah, um, this this is one of those games where I, you could not, you know, entice me to bet on this game in any way. This is just the most coin flippy game that you could ever see here. I just don't think either one of these teams are that good, and I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, let's start with the New England side. Mac Jones, he's a QB2 option this week. Going to be one of those guys that gets started because of all the bye weeks. Ramondre Stevenson is a must start. And I did not uh, put Damian Harris's name in here. Do you have any interest in Damian Harris this week at all, Nick? No, not not at all. I think you gotta you know, you got to see him worked in before you can trust him to any degree. Yep. All right. We're on the same page there. The wide receiver room, uh, I could, like Nick said, it looks like Jacoby Myers going to end up missing. So really just Devontae Parker. But Nick kind of shared a sentiment about Devontae Parker earlier. Um, would you play Tyler Boyd over Devontae Parker on Monday Night Football? I think that's a really good line. That's probably right where, uh, you know, the, the range that I would have him in. You can kind of pick your poison there. I think Boyd's probably a little safer somehow. It's kind of weird to say because he's a little <laughs> bit robust. But uh, Devontae Parker will have that matchup against uh, Byron Murphy most likely. So that's tough sledding, even though he might be the number one option. Uh, I am scared he could completely goose you. So I think I'm going to go Boyd, and then Parker would probably be just, like, right behind him in the rankings. Yep, I think that that – 
perfectly displays where we would have Devontae Parker if you are uh, considering having to play him. And then Hunter Henry, um, if you need someone to be a stream, I'd say Hunter Henry would be the number one streaming option this week for tight end just with a soft yep. matchup against Arizona. But most likely if you're in any kind of competitive league, someone's already scooped him up. So double check if you are streaming the tight end position that Hunter Henry is not out there. But like I said, by this time in the week, he has probably been scooped up by someone. Yeah, definitely a solid streamer this week. Probably the, the leader of the pack in the tight end or bust room uh, with Tyler Conklin, Dawson Knox, and uh, you know Noah Fant, Daniel Bellinger, those guys. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Arizona, let's start with quarterback Kyler Murray. He has a QB1 option. The matchup is not ideal. Hopkins is dealing with an illness. Uh, obviously, it looks like Rondale Moore is probably not going to end up playing again this week. Are you considering pivoting away from Kyler Murray uh, with the, you know, questionable Monday night matchup, you know, to a streamer level, Tyler Huntley, Mike White, Daniel Jones, are you willing to get that crazy with it? Or even if these guys miss, you trust Kyler Murray over any of them? No, his rushing floor gives him, you know, just that safety that some of the other lower level starting quarterbacks just don't have. I think, you know, I'd start Cousins and Golf over him, but he would be right behind those guys above Trevor Lawrence, above Daniel Jones, Huntley, uh, the, gotcha. that tier. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I thought too. Just wanted to make sure that we didn't need to recommend pivoting off of them with kind of the questionable options that are going to be available. But sure. again, if if those options aren't available, his floor may actually come up a little bit because he may have to run around a little bit more. Um, the running back room, James Conner, must start high-end RB2 level kind of player this week. A um, little bit of a risky matchup, but you're not going to avoid that kind of volume based on matchup. Uh, wide receivers here, we have D-Hop, Hollywood Brown, and Rondell Moore. So D-Hop missed practice with an illness. Will hopefully be good to go for Monday, but just keep an eye out on his status. Um, Hollywood Brown should play this week. I think in the week wide receiver landscape, he's a back-end wide receiver two, higher-end wide receiver three. Um, and then Rondell Moore didn't practice on Thursday. And even if he does, I do think Hollywood takes a little bit away from him. So, um at this point, for Rondell Moore, I'd be making other plans if you were hoping that you could rely on him for this week. Yeah, 100%. Definitely with the Monday night uh, Monday night game, you got to plan as if Rondell Moore won't play because even if he does, he'll probably be uh, relatively limited. For sure. And then, hate to end the show on kind of a sadder note here, but do want to mention Trey McBride. Uh, Zach Ertz underwent surgery to repair both his ACL and his MCL. Um, kind of an older tight end, so hopefully he gets back healthy, but not sure what his uh, involvement will be moving forward. So just want to show yeah. uh, shout out Trey McBride. You know, this is really no nothing for redraft, but if you're in a dynasty league and you are weak at the tight end position, he may be someone that you can uh, maybe try and target this offseason and hope that he breaks out in his second year. 100%. Yeah, I liked uh, Trey McBride coming in for the draft process, so interesting target moving forward. Zach Ertz probably not going to be ready to start next year. Absolutely, but that wraps it up, man. We got this thing done. When you have uh, you know three less games to talk about these things, these things get done a little bit quicker, so um, you know, hope hope you guys enjoyed. Obviously, the podcast, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. If you're still listening at this point, I'm sure that you are. And then uh, again, go out there, go follow the Twitter. I am uh, shooting out some more tweets, uh, especially over this weekend as some as some injury news drops. I'll, I'll throw some stuff out there. 
Yeah, I just want to say that if the you know podcast was slightly lower quality this week, producer Justin couldn't find time in his busy schedule to make it, so you know who to blame. Yep, it is all his fault. So if you're listening to this, Justin, it is all your all your fault for why why it just sounds so bad this week. <laughs> all right, peace out, everybody. <laughs>